In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, folks, here we are. Another year, another Trinity Sunday sermon in which some poor priest tries to explain in concise and engaging ways why we as Christians celebrate one God in whom there are three persons, but who share one substance. For people who learned addition and subtraction at a young age and who continue to use these skills on a daily basis, the doctrine of the Trinity is a theological concept which refuses to conform to the rules of mathematics. One plus one plus one equals three, not one. For people who learn to live by the scientific method, the doctrine of the Trinity baffles the mind and seems to be too vague or too fluid or too nonsensical to be studied or testable or provable by the world's standards. For people who value self-sufficiency and individuality, the codependency and mutual indwelling and entanglement of the doctrine of the Trinity presents a challenge to our way of life. And for people who are used to having all the logical answers right at our fingertips, thanks to smartphones and Google, gaining a complete intellectual understanding of the Trinity can feel way too far out of reach and quite a bit frustrating. But what if all of this is the point? What if the doctrine of the Trinity is supposed to defy our mathematics, transcend the scientific method, challenge our individuality, and reside outside of our intellectual capacity to comprehend? What if all of this is precisely the point? What if, rather than trying to understand how the Trinity works from an intellectual and rational and social and mathematic perspective, we tried instead to understand what the Trinity could mean for us from a relational and spiritual perspective? What if we asked why we have spent centuries celebrating this doctrine rather than dwelling on the task of trying to make this divine reality conform to human understanding. And I think our readings this morning give us permission to do just that, to view the Trinity from an alternative perspective. Jesus knew that his disciples, just like us, could not bear all that there is to know about God in one sitting. He knew that his disciples would need the Holy Spirit with them to continue to reveal to them the truth of the good news of God in Christ, just as we still do today. Because knowing God, coming close to God, is not necessarily something that can be done through the scientific method, or at least it can't for me. It requires a different set of skills a different lens through which to see. In his book, Divine Dance, Richard Rohr writes that God, and uniquely the Trinity, 
cannot be known as any other object can be known. And he says that's because when we look at objects, we tend to judge them from a distance, from our normal intelligence, parsing out their varying parts, separating this from that, and presuming that to understand the parts is always to be able to understand the whole. Coming to understand divine things, on the other hand, he says, cannot necessarily be done through this process of objectification, but rather through the process of seeking to become one with another thing or another person. And this is because divine things, things such as the Trinity, are mysteries. Mysteries, not so much in the sense that they can't be understood, but in the sense that they can be endlessly understood. There will never be a point at which we can fully and completely grasp the entirety of a mystery. We can only come close to it and open ourselves up to it. So rather than trying to accomplish the task of comprehending the endlessly comprehensible, he suggests that we instead gaze at mysteries with reverence. And our readings this morning, specifically our psalm, invites us to a similar posture of gazing in reverence. Just as the psalmist considers the work of God, so too are we invited to consider, to wonder about this divine reality. As all of our godly play students and leaders know, wonder can be a powerful tool, a powerful way of approaching this God who is so much bigger and grander than you or I could ever even begin to imagine. Now, wonder can be either a noun or a verb. As a noun, wonder is a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable, the Trinity. And as a verb, it is a stance of curiosity. So rather than trying to comprehend how three can be one, perhaps we can marvel at this paradoxical divine reality and let it crack open our hearts and our minds to the possibility that there might just be more to our world than one plus one plus one equals three. Rather than trying to understand how God could be Father, Son, and Spirit, Perhaps we could rejoice in thanksgiving at the various ways God has and continues to make God's self known to us in the world. Rather than puzzling over how the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are God and yet somehow have a relationship with one another, perhaps we can instead gaze in awe at the truly extraordinary nature of a relationship where each member freely gives and receives and gives and receives and gives and receives to and from members of the Trinity in a continuous flow, in a continuous dance. 
wondering at this great and fantastic mystery has the capacity to open our hearts and our minds to encounter God in new and different ways so that every single day we wake up, we can bear more and more of the truth of God's goodness and light within ourselves. But it's more than just this. When we take this approach and focus more on wonder, I do believe we open the door to allow something amazing to happen. As we encounter this God, this three-in-one in new ways, as we gaze in reverence at this holiness, our hearts and our lives can begin to reflect the very image of that triune God in whose image we were first made. In other words, when we stand in awe at and wonder about this God who is at the very core a God of relationship, a God of paradox, a God of endless giving and receiving, a God who somehow creates unity out of diversity. We are made more and more into people who can create and do these very things. We are made more and more into people of deep relationship, people who can hold paradox and ambiguity, people who can give and give and give of ourselves and receive from others in return people who can live into and create unity, even in the most diverse and divided of places. In a society devoted to self-sufficiency and individuality, the Trinity proclaims mutual giving and receiving and invites us to a life marked and defined by these principles. In a society divided, polarized, and broken, the Trinity boasts the hope and joy of unity, summoning us to ponder how we might fashion and live deeply into a similar unity, a unity which embraces and celebrates our differences. In a society wed to empirical knowledge, the Trinity challenges us to adopt a stance of wonder and awe and beckons us into the divine realm, where three can not only be one, but where life can spring forth from death, and that which was lost can be found. So as confusing and as nonsensical as it can be, the doctrine of the Trinity has the capacity to change everything about ourselves and about the world because wondering about this triune God can reorient our hearts and our minds and our lives around this God who is all of the things we most desperately need in our world today. A God of relationship and connection, a God of unity, a God who can hold multiplicity and paradox, a God who freely gives of God's self and who can receive in return. And that is why we continue to celebrate this mystery year after year after year, hoping that we can bear more and more of this divine reality and let it change us deep in our souls. Let us pray. 
O Lord our God, the great three in one. Give us the gift of wonder and let it break open our hearts and our minds and our souls so that we may draw closer to you. Let our creativity and imagination run wild so that we may get lost in the divine mystery of the Trinity and be transformed more into the image of you who creates, redeems, and sustains. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.